This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Downtown Toronto is becoming a much sought-after area to live in, particularly for young families, but... Some Zoomers also find uh, downtown living attractive as well. The city's chief planner, Jennifer Kiesmat, says the population of the downtown core will almost double over the next 25 years, from 250,000 now to about 475,000 by 2041. Are you enticed by the idea of downtown living? Did you once live downtown and it no longer appeals to you? What is it about living in the city that might be intriguing? 416-360-0740, Jane in Oakville, you'd like to begin the conversation with us? Yes, I would. The population growth in Toronto and in all high-density areas is primarily the result of condos. And we have municipal politicians issuing permits to build more and more condos, but provincial legislation hasn't kept up with protecting the consumers that buy those condos. And that's what bothers me because the condo owners don't have the same rights as homeowners, and really tenants have more rights under the Landlord and Tenant Act than condo owners do under the Condominium Act. And although they've passed a new Condominium Act recently, it's it gives limited rights, and it won't be in full effect until somewhere between 2018 and 2023. So the, the two levels of government are drawing people into an investment that few of them understand and that isn't a good one. Now, do you have firsthand knowledge of this, Jane? Absolutely. Okay, tell us about that. Well, uh, as I said, you have more rights as a tenant because there there are no rights given to the owner. All the rights fall with the, the board and the property management company, and property managers don't even have to be licensed, and it's a completely unregulated industry. Did you live in a condo in the city of Toronto or in Oakville? In Oakville. Okay, so you've run into those problems there. Absolutely, You're yes. You're still in a condo or are you yes. renting? No, I'm still in a condo. Okay, that's an interesting addition to the conversation. Thanks for joining us. We'd like to uh, now turn our attention to a local expert, downtown city councillor Kristen Wong-Tam. She joins us on the line to talk about the coming downtown Toronto boom. Kristen, let's first identify what we're talking about when we say the downtown core. What are the boundaries? Sure, of course. It's um, the uh, Canadian Pacific Railway to the north of us, uh, then uh, it sort of dips down to Rosedale Valley Road. Um, to the eastern boundary, we're talking about the Don Valley Parkway. Uh, then it, we take in all of the uh, central waterfront uh, uh, plan, and then on our western boundary is Bathurst. Okay. So Liberty Village is just on the cusp of that. Uh, Yes, just on the outside. That's correct. Now, why the boom? Why are we seeing especially families with young children moving into the downtown core? 
Um, I think that there's been a policy shift um, in the city of Toronto where, where we know that intensification is happening. We have a lot of uh, development applications in the pipeline, and we have been asking developers to build a range of housing options, including family size uh, units, apartment buildings, uh, and that means that they would have to be two bedrooms plus den or three bedrooms and larger. And, and of course, once you create those spaces and families want to live there as well. And the cost is not a deterrent. It, it is feasible to live in the city? Um, you know, obviously it is going to to, um, uh, to drive uh, residential housing patterns, but people want to live in neighborhoods that are complete. That means that they're able to walk to school, walk to their daycare facilities, uh, walk to their place of work, and uh, and most likely walk home. And uh, when you think of, of downtown Toronto only representing 3% of the land value, um, you also recognize that there's a lot of people living there, which sometimes drives up the cost of housing. Um, so the offset is that you get the convenience of being close to everything, uh, but you also don't get as much um, land. So not everyone's going to have a very large front yard and backyard, um, but the uh, the amenities and convenience factors is what people are pursuing here. Right, and not having to sit in traffic and congestion and spending all that time away from your home. Absolutely. I've met I've met people living in Scarborough who sometimes work out in the uh, the uh, the Pearson Airport uh, area, and uh, they literally have to take t- uh, two and a half hours a, a day uh, trying to get to work. Um, and that's usually their first uh, you know first full time job. And then after that one job, they have another job because they're living and working very precariously. So the downtown convenience, although there is a cost factor, um, is that you do save a lot of time. You're not literally sitting in traffic um, trying to uh, either move your car forward, inching it along, or you're struggling with um, uh, with a, a transit grid that's not complete, that's not reliable uh, right now because the system is outdated and it's over capacity. 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. We want to hear from you about what it is about living in downtown Toronto if you do reside in the city centre that you enjoy or are you looking to move downtown at some point? And that's what I'd like to address with you next, Councillor, about the Zoomer demographic, the older Torontonians, the older people in the GTA. Is there still that interest in condo living and away from the big house in the burbs once you get to that empty nest syndrome of your life? Um, in my experience in speaking to residents who are, you know, let's say, for example, over the age of 55 in, in, our, me- in our meetings uh, in the communities, um, oftentimes um, I do see them come out and respond to a city uh, requests for consultation to provide us feedback on, you know, what they, what they want to see, what, what builds a, what makes an ideal neighborhood for them. And it largely is a convenience factor. So we are seeing people downsize. I have uh, residents who live in uh, in Rosedale and and, uh, and Moore Park, for example. Those are also my communities, and they're looking for condominium options, apartment size options that they can um, uh, easier to to maintain and manage. They don't have to struggle with the snow removal or landscaping. Uh, they don't need as much space as they once did because their kids are now grown up and they've they've started families on their own, and um, and yet they want to be part of um, of the, uh, the the sort of vibrant city life. They want to be able to walk to the theater, 
uh, walk to the local library, and um, and they want to have uh, shopping amenities. Um, and I find that that is one of the other drivers of why we are seeing a population increase in downtown Toronto, is that you have people who actually want to be uh, close to all their amenities and, and services, whether it's doctors um, or, um, uh, or restaurants or, or what have you, um, but they don't want the, the extraordinary size of house anymore because they don't they no longer need it and they're choosing to live differently thank you so much for your perspective you're welcome my pleasure uh, down we're talking about downtown living and how there's going to be a population boom in the city of toronto according to toronto's chief planner jennifer Keysmat between now and 2041. And the reason she can say that is because what's shifted in recent years, especially between 2008 and 2011, when there was a 60% increase, 60% increase in the number of families with children under five in the waterfront communities. And there was a 33% increase of young families in the Bay Street Corridor and Liberty Village. So there's something about neighborhood living in the downtown core that is appealing to parents of young children. 416-360-0740-1866-744-740. I have to say I was one of those parents. I lived in the Danforth area. Danforth and Jones for 16 years and raised my children who are now in their early 20s when they were young. They grew up in Greektown in the Danforth area. And what was fantastic about it is that they could walk to school. Once they were able, it was just around the corner, they were able to walk to their public school. They were able to walk to their junior high, their senior public school, and then high school all within five, ten minutes of home. Now, of course, the home is much smaller. I used to joke about my postage size stamp, postage stamp size backyard because it was small, and that's the way neighborhood living is in Toronto. But I tell you that the kids, I, I don't feel like they suffered for it living in the city, so I can see why more young adults are bringing their families to Toronto. Sure, they have smaller homes, but as Councillor Wong Tam said, they don't have to spend that time in traffic. They can get to know the neighborhood. They can walk to where they need to go. In essence, the actual cost of living is less because you're not relying on the car. Now, switch gears all these years later, and I'm doing what maybe a lot of Zoomers aren't doing. I moved to the Burbs, and that was uh, motivated by love, moving in with my new husband and merging our families and having a big home in Etobicoke. Uh, But, you know, we wonder at this stage, how long will we stay in our big home? Will we be lured by a condo down on the waterfront just so we can be closer to the city center, so we can walk to restaurants? We'll have to see how that plays out at this point. I'm hopeful and no pressure on any particular children, but I'm hopeful there will be grandchildren who will want to come and play in the backyard in Etobicoke. So there's part of me that thinks I like living in the big home and will like living in the big home as uh, the Zoomer years go on. Are you in that same boat? 416-360-0740, 1-866-744-740. 
We certainly have a very vibrant city of Toronto. Many who have lived in the city centre, me included, say they feel safe walking around. They enjoy walking through the neighbourhoods, enjoying the festivals in the summer. Uh, Taste of the Danforth was always and continues to be a lot of fun. And, of course, there are all those festivals uh, on Bloor Street, Bloor West. There are all kinds of things going on in the city at any given time. Uh, We've got just a moment here left to uh, speak with the city's chief planner, Jennifer Kiesmat. Welcome, Ms. Kiesmat, and tell us, what are the plans to accommodate this population increase? Well, there's a whole variety of things that are needed, including ensuring that we have um, all of the good stuff, the amenities that you require in neighborhoods. So community centers, schools, parks, public spaces. So those are sort of the soft infrastructure pieces that we're looking at. But we're also looking at the hard infrastructure, ensuring that we have the capacity within our road network. Uh, We're looking at the King Street corridor and how we can make that more of a transit priority corridor so that we can accommodate um, more transit riders in that corridor. And then also looking at the water infrastructure in the downtown as well. Now you're launching a website. The city is launching a website because you do want to get public input. What are you hoping to hear from people? So we launched a website. It's toronto.ca uh, backslash TOCore. We're hoping that people will um, tell us their hopes and dreams and specific ideas for how the city ought to evolve as we accommodate a significant amount of growth. Uh, and really, in some ways, we're drawing our clues from uh, some other cities that have done an excellent job of doing this. In Melbourne, Australia, for example, 20 years ago, uh, they put in place a plan to develop their laneways as an important part of the public space in the city because the city was becoming more and more dense. In Copenhagen, um, transitioning to becoming a cycling city and adding uh, hundreds and hundreds of kilometers of cycling lanes was a big part of being able to accommodate a lot of growth and become a more livable city. So we're really looking for big ideas for the city of Toronto, really the hook that we can hang the future on that is going to ensure that as we continue to grow and change that we are becoming more and more livable. Anthony from Toronto, what would you like to say or do you have a question for Toronto's chief planner? Yes, I I have a question. She just spoke of Australia and Copenhagen. Has she been to these two places and see how they're doing it? It is expanding. It is not something that they're doing to just congest the city. And the city is becoming more and more congested. Why are we congesting and more more like ghettoizing our uh, the city of Toronto, like uh, a lot of Asian um, cities where people can't even move around? Why are we doing this? We are not expanding the city. We are simply ghettoizing it. We are not bringing it up. We're 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 stuffing more people in this, this area. <laughs> okay, uh, let's let's uh, get an answer to that from our chief planner. Yeah, that's actually a great question. Um, uh, the risk always is that you add a lot of growth, and if you don't add the amenities that uh, offer a really high quality of life that you get exactly what you've suggested, which is a ghetto. I don't know if you've been to Melbourne, but I absolutely have. And Melbourne offers a very high quality of life. And what's interesting about the laneways is that it was about taking existing infrastructure in the city and adapting them to make the city more interesting and to provide more livable places. Not everyone's going to want to live in a very urban environment where they can walk and cycle to work. Mm -hmm. But what we're discovering is that 
many people do, both seniors and millennials. And we are responding to that desire for a very urban life, in part because we also know it's a really sustainable way to live. Um, the number of people that take transit and walk to work in the downtown is very high, which actually contributes to a much smaller environmental footprint for the entire city. So your question is actually really at the heart of what it is that we're seeking to do here, which is ensuring that we're not just stuffing a lot of people into a very small area, but we're also building out the important infrastructure that makes living in a dense place a really high uh, quality of life, both for, um, both for seniors, but also for families and also for everyone else in between. Great to have you on the line with us. I know you squeezed us in. You've got a busy day. We really appreciate your time. No sweat. My pleasure. Toronto's Chief Planner, Jennifer Kiesmat here on Fight Back with Lemmy Nimer. I'm Jane Brown. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.